0: Hi, and welcome to Follow's weekly message podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message inspires you and helps you follow Jesus in your community for his glory. Here's the message. I love Christmas time. Such a hopeful and joyful time when people come together. You know, 2020 has been one of those years where people have been pushed apart through all sorts of issues and politics, and certainly through isolation. But at Christmas time, we all come together, and as Christians, we come together around the birth of Jesus as we celebrate Him. A couple of weeks ago, we filmed our online version of the Timbertop Christmas Festival for 2020. In one of those segments, Simone, who leads the residence group, interviews some kids from the estate about what Christmas was all about for them. Now, you can imagine some of the responses. Santa Claus, reindeers, fun, and most of all, presents. Even most adults in Australia, when interviewed about Christmas, most commonly respond with answers such as family, food, leave from work, busyness breakups and summer holidays and all those things are great except for maybe the business part but for followers of Jesus undisputably Christmas is all about remembering and celebrating the reason for the season the birth of our saviour Jesus unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and he is good news of great joy for all people In 2020, hope has been in short supply for many people, and that's why we've made hope the theme of our Christmas series, because the Christmas message is one of great hope. That first Christmas, hope was literally born and placed in a manger. This is what the Christmas story is all about as we lift up and celebrate Jesus as Lord and as we remember the hope we have in Him alone. But on closer inspection, the Christmas narrative is actually about the birth of two significant characters. There is, of course, Jesus, the central character, but the other significant birth that first Christmas was of John the Baptist, and he's who I want to focus on in week two of our series on hope. Today's message is called Expectant Hope, and John came to prepare the way for the hope of Jesus to be realized in the heart of people. When we look at what Scripture says about John the Baptist, we see that his life is coupled with Jesus' life at several key junctions in their journey. Firstly, we see the coupling of John and Jesus at their birth. In Luke's Gospel, which we're reading through as a church this December, we read the story of John's birth. His parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth, well, they wanted a child, but Elizabeth was barren. And by that stage of their life, they were both very old. And so the birth of John was clearly a miracle given by God. Of course, shortly after that, at the start of chapter 2, we read about the birth of John's cousin, Jesus, who was also born in miraculous circumstances, not through a barren woman, but conceived of a virgin. Now, the Bible doesn't give us too much information about Jesus and John as they grew up, particularly in regard to their relationship. You know, how much they saw each other, you know, how close they were, all that sort of stuff. But what we do know from the birth narratives is that John was born first and then Jesus shortly after. And so the second time they're coupled together in Scripture is at the commencement of Jesus' public ministry. Prior to Jesus starting that ministry, John was already out in the wilderness and he was out there preaching, calling people to repentance and baptizing them in the Jordan River. Of course, we know also that he baptized Jesus. But after his baptism, Jesus also started preaching and calling people to repentance and baptizing them. And so this coupling was seen in their early ministry, John first ministering and then Jesus. Now, the third way they're coupled together is in the manner of their deaths. Both of these men were unjustly martyred. John had his head taken off and literally placed on a platter by King Herod, and Jesus, of course, was crucified on a Roman cross, paying the penalty not for himself, but for us. And so we see from Scripture that Jesus and John the Baptist were coupled together in significant ways. And so the question is, why was John the Baptist so significant, and what can we learn from his life and example this Christmas time? Well, the first thing we can learn is this: that John prepared people's hearts. You know, Christmas time is a time of preparation, isn't it? We know it's a busy season, and there's a number of things we have to prepare as we get ready for Christmas. Uh, most of us will have to prepare the house, and so we'll have to clean up and throw things under the bed so that when guests come over, it kind of looks presentable. We hang up decorations, we we put up the Christmas tree like this one over here, and of course we get. The, the Christmas stockings and the Christmas dairy milk advent calendar for the kids. And so we've got to prepare our house. But we've also got to prepare for our guests. We have to send the invites out. Whose turn is it to host Christmas this year? And it sounds like a simple enough question, doesn't it? But as families grow and as new family members are added, that question becomes more and more complicated with new dynamics constantly added to the mix. We've also got to prepare the food. And that's a really important question, isn't it? What are we going to eat? And the answer is always too much. (laughs) Always eat too much. But will it be the ham, the turkey, the lamb or the beef? What about the vegan in the family or the gluten-free and dairy-free people? What are they going to eat? And we have all those people in our family. And so preparing the food is a lot more complicated than it once was. And so we've got to prepare the food. But what about the presents? We've got to prepare for each member of the family and what gifts we're going to give this Christmas time. When should we brave Fountain Gate for Christmas shopping? Do we do it earlier and avoid the rush like wise people do? Or do we make the insane decision to make the last minute dash, the mad dash with everyone else in the southeast of Melbourne who hasn't quite got prepared? And when it comes to the practicalities of Christmas, we have so many things to do in order to prepare for the season. But one thing we often forget to prepare is our hearts as we come to this really important time of the year. John the Baptist was known as the forerunner who prepared people's hearts for Jesus, the coming Messiah. Listen to the words of the angel of the Lord who appeared to John's father, Zechariah, to announce that they would have a son. He said this, Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. a people prepared for the Lord. Now obviously John was sent to prepare people's hearts in his public ministry, which was occurring predominantly around 30 years after Jesus' birth. And so Jesus had already been born, but John was now preparing the people to receive Jesus as their Messiah. And from birth, this had always been his purpose. If we go back to the birth narrative in Luke chapter one, in verses 67 to 80, we see a prophecy from Zechariah, John's father. And the first half of his prophecy was all about praising God for his covenant faithfulness to send the Messiah. But in the second half, he prophesies about John, his son. This is what he says, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God. As Christians, we read about John preparing the way, but we have the benefit of hindsight when it comes to the birth of Jesus our Messiah, but we have the added hindsight not only of his birth, but also his life, his death, and his resurrection. And so even though Christmas is a celebration of Jesus' birth, it's never his birth in isolation that we celebrate, it's the entire gospel story. Because we don't have hope only in Jesus' birth, we have hope in all that He has done and achieved for us as well as in the incredible promises He's given us for the future. That's why we celebrate. As Christians today, we are no longer waiting expectantly for Jesus' birth. That promise has already been fulfilled but we are waiting expectantly for his return and all those promises that are still to come. And so our posture towards God continually, and particularly at times like Christmas, should be one of preparation. In Matthew 3, it talks about John the Baptist's ministry. And it says, In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near.'" This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And then in verse six, it says, confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. So as Christians, we should constantly have hearts prepared for Jesus as we await his return. Jesus himself said to keep watch because we don't know when the Lord will return. And so this Christmas time, let's not get so caught up in the practical preparations that we forget to prepare our hearts before God. Let's take stock this Christmas. Let's take a moment to pause and reflect on the last 12 months. You might want to close your eyes. And you might want to think about and pray through some of these questions that I'm going to pose this week. You might even want to write them down in a journal on a piece of paper. And so let's close our eyes and let me ask you some questions to think about at this time of year. First of all, what things have you done well this year? What things are you thankful for this year? And perhaps what things do you need to repent of this year? John prepared the way for Jesus, and in a similar way, we need to prepare to receive this well-known message of Christmas afresh as we come to this really important time of year. And so let's prepare our hearts this Christmas as we remember the incredible things God has done for us in the birth of Jesus, and let's be ready to receive new and fresh hope from this wonderful story this year. And so the first thing we can learn from John is that John prepared people's hearts, The second thing John did is he pointed people to Jesus. One of the things I love about John is that his ministry was never about him. It was unashamedly all about Jesus. You know, John had quite a following in the Judean wilderness. He wasn't quite a celebrity pastor with skinny jeans, his own TV program and a private jet. But people did flock to him and he preached with conviction. In verse 17 of Luke chapter 1, it said that he preached in the spirit and power of Elijah. John Wesley, in his commentary, said that he had the same integrity, courage, austerity, and fervor, and the same power attending his word. In other words, this guy could really preach in a way that people's hearts were moved and changed. As we read through the story of John's life, we see that John had his own disciples that followed him around and his ministry was large and successful, but John always pointed people to Jesus. At one point in John chapter 3, we see John's disciples becoming concerned that Jesus' ministry was growing and that the people were now going to him to be baptised rather than coming to John. We see this a little bit in the church world, don't we, today? People and pastors panicking that others are going to the church down the road and not to us. When you hear that kind of conversation, it's a sure sign that we've missed the point. Because it's not about us. It's about Jesus. I think John's ministry could easily have become all about him. But when his disciples started to panic, John simply pointed them to Jesus. In John 3.28, he said, "'I am not the Messiah.'" He said, I baptize you with water and repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to carry. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And in John chapter 3, verse 30, he says, he must become greater and I must become less. Do you ever have that sinking feeling that Christmas has become all about us? We've known for years that there's a commercialization of Christmas. You know, presents and late night shopping and breakups, big events, shiny lights, Santa Claus. People even call it Xmas, don't they? It's like they've crossed Christ right out of Christmas. And even as Christians, we sometimes become so busy and self absorbed that Jesus kind of just gets lost in the wash. Well, I think John's posture is one that we could adopt this Christmas. Jesus must become more, and we must become less. Christmas is not about us. It's about Christ. And so like John, this Christmas, let's point people to Jesus. Now, just last week, I met with someone from our church who was traveling to see a close relative. And this relative has recently become more open to prayer in their relationship, And this person from church wanted to sit down and pray with me that there would be opportunities for Christ's conversations with this relative who he loves. And I was so encouraged because I just loved the expectancy he had. I loved that he was looking ahead and praying for moments to share the hope he has and point his relative to the love of Jesus. You know, we have the same opportunity laid out before us this Christmas. The question is, are we expectant? As we sit around our Christmas celebrations, are we praying for opportunities to share the hope we have in Christ? As we post on our social media accounts, are we seizing the opportunity at the end of a tough year to redeem our platforms from the negativity and the criticism and the outrage to instead point people to the hope Christmas brings? Are we looking out for conversations and moments in our everyday lives where we can express the grace and love of Christ in both our words and in our actions? Are we thinking about people we can invite to join us online for our Christmas Eve service this year? But more importantly, is pointing people to Jesus part of our regular prayer life and practice? Now, this time of year, people are so much more open to conversations about faith. And as the Holy Spirit leads us this year, let's point people to Jesus. Let's not miss this moment to point people to him, because Christmas is not about us. It's about Christ. And so the second thing that made John so significant is that he pointed people to Jesus. The third thing I love about John is that John lived out his mission. Now, John's mission was to prepare people's hearts by calling them to repentance and then pointing them to Jesus, And you might think, well, that's fair enough, but John was extraordinary, and well, frankly speaking, I'm not. And it is true, John was extraordinary. Jesus himself said, truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. And you might think, well, that that proves my point. You know, it's a good example, um, you know, of someone who was like a superstar and, and he had this great mission, but I'm just an ordinary person. But it's also a good example of how you have to read a passage in its context, because Jesus continues the sentence by saying this. He says, yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. Now, John is an important biblical character because he was a forerunner for Jesus. But he's also an important biblical character because he's a forerunner for us. Because we too have been given a mission which has striking similarities to John's mission. We call it the great co-mission in Matthew chapter 28. Jesus says, "'All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age.'" You see, what John did in his earthly ministry is what each of us is called to do, to prepare people's hearts by calling them to repentance, by pointing them to Jesus as the hope of the world, and to live out our mission in everyday life. Church, we have an eternal hope that is guaranteed through the person and work of Jesus Christ. It's a hope that our sins are forgiven in Him. It's a hope that His sacrificial death has paid the price for our sin and removed the obstacle that keeps us from relationship with our Creator. It's a hope of eternity in His presence. It's a hope that culminates in His return, where every tear is wiped away from our eyes where pain and suffering cease and where justice, righteousness and love rule forever. It's a hope that can never be taken, no matter what we go through in this life. It's a hope that was born 2000 years ago and placed in a manger. John the Baptist is a significant character in the Christmas story, a character we can learn from in so many ways. This Christmas, let's keep the Christ in Christmas as we prepare our hearts, as we take every opportunity to point people to the hope we have in Jesus, and as we recommit with passion to our mission of making disciples. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the Christmas story. We thank you that we come to this time of year and we remember afresh with reverence and awe the birth of your Son, Jesus, who came not only to be born, but to live to die for us, to be raised from the dead, and to bring us back into relationship with you now and forever. Lord, as we reflect on today's reading about John the Baptist and the amazing man he was as a forerunner towards Jesus, Lord, we just want to thank you for the lessons that we can learn from him, that he was someone who was just such a great example. And Lord, I pray that we learn the lessons from him, that we would prepare our hearts this Christmas for um, receiving you afresh as our Lord and Saviour. But also, as we take this opportunity this Christmas time, not just to get swept up in all the emotion and all the busyness of this season, but to really make a concerted effort to pray, to believe that we'll have opportunities to point people to you. And as we do that, Lord, I pray coming into a new year that we'd recommit ourselves to this mission, this great mission you've given us, to go and make disciples. Lord, help us, each and every one of us, to take that on board and empowered by your Holy Spirit live it out in our everyday lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Follow Online. To stay updated, go to follow.church. As the people of God, let's stay connected and follow the words of Jesus to love one another.